0: Uh, y'all, it's an honor to be with you this morning. Uh, I want to thank Dr. White for the opportunity. Marcy, that was, I mean, we could take up a tithe right now. Uh, uh, also, I want to thank, thank my uh, Truett professors, who, while I was here, you guys have like, shaped me immensely, and I just want you to know like, the, the impact you guys have on us is, is making an impact beyond the classroom. Like, thanks for helping me serve God more faithfully. Uh, some of my friends from staff at First Temple are here as well. Uh, I want to thank you for recognizing God's call, not just on my life, but to our church. Uh, you guys helped me make uh, my, my call to God more, more faithful, and just thank you for helping me be a better disciple maker. It's an honor to serve alongside you guys. So my journey into sports ministry is it's really an unconventional one. I was not a coveted D1 athlete. I was never involved in FCA, I was never involved with Athletes in Action, Uh, I didn't even have a sports ministry concentration at Truett. No, on on the contrary, my journey into sports ministry actually begins with an awkward interaction at Common Grounds. So shortly after the Title IX uh, incident that rattled our university, I woke up one morning and walked to Common Grounds. The line was already out the door as as it normally is, and since I had not yet had my morning coffee, I put my headphones in to pretend like I was listening to music so that nobody would talk to me. Don't judge me, you've done it too. As the line inched forward, I began to feel a little uncomfortable as the person who was standing behind me was uncomfortably close to me, and so much so that I took out my headphones to turn around and ask that person to back up a little bit, Well, when I turned around, it was newly hired head football coach, Matt Rule. And rather than asking him to back up, I wanted to apologize for invading his space. I sprung up a conversation, and and we talked like old friends. Afterwards, he said, if there's ever anything that I can do for you, please let me know. Well, see, that's where he messed up. (laughs) I am not too shy or proud to ask and take someone up on that offer. My parents always taught me don't offer something that you're not willing to follow through on. So I remembered that I needed a mentoring experience and I asked him if I could do something with the Baylor football team in order to fulfill that requirement. One season later, under the leadership of my friend John Maurer, I stepped onto the football field and thus began my journey into sports ministry. My love for sports ministry did not come about just because uh, it was with a reputable D1 football program. Instead, it came about because Dr. White required that I participate in the Faith and Sport Institute, and he had me read about the intersection between uh, sports and faith. My eyes were open to a whole new paradigm and framework through which to make disciples I never even knew existed. Perhaps you've read this text. We read it here in chapel. It's Isaiah 64, 1 through 5, and it says, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence from ages past, no one has heard. No ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you. Who works for those who wait for him, you meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you and your ways. See, here we find ourselves at the conclusion of 2nd Isaiah, where the author expresses his desire to see God's kingdom played out on earth as it is in heaven. And why? Because God, after God's intervention in mighty acts, evil remains. But this author knows that God is his only hope. See, now, I don't know if you've ever been in such a state of, like, heightened emotions, where stating things bluntly just isn't enough to adequately express yourself. Maybe you've written a poem or a song after losing a loved one. Maybe you've isolated yourself in, in your room and played Celine Dion after a breakup in high school. I don't know. Well, regardless of what it was, We've all experienced that moment when we finally let our guard down and for a brief moment allow ourselves to be seen without worry of consequence for self-image or vulnerability. Haven't we ever wondered why God doesn't just rip open the heavens, come down and make things right already? Well, what if I told you that sports serves a similar function, but you just have to be aware of what you're seeing? All around us, day by day, People are putting their most vulnerable selves up on display for us to see, and we, God's people, have a chance to step in pastorally and steward people's vulnerability. I would tell you that this is a sacred reality that we must not hide in the sand, but rather invest and multiply, because the alternative is temporary utilitarianism. In her book, Touchdowns for Jesus and Other Signs of the Apocalypse, Marcia Shoup argues, sports generates emotions— that we don't often have permission to fully express in other facets of our lives. Excitement, disappointment, anger, joy, frustration, and delight are authorized as full-bodied experiences in sports. We can jump up and down, we can yell, we can, make, uh, we can yell at people when they make us mad, we can scold them when they disappoint us, we can lift them up and, uh, when they give us joy and make everything work. For many, the world makes sense and the confines of a stadium in a way that it doesn't anywhere else. Sports can be where things are as they should be. Sports can be where where we know who is on our side and who is not. Sports can tell us where we belong. These expressions and their intensities are versions of religious, even mystical, experiences. So for some reason, when athletes compete, they surrender themselves to the game, and unconsciously, we are allowed to peek behind the curtain that would otherwise be present had they shown up to Bible study or Sunday service. I find it ironic that the ancient Greeks performed naked, because although athletes wear clothing today, thankfully, I find that the vulnerability and the bareness is at least metaphorically similar. Now, this is not to say that I won't encounter egos or arrogance in sports. That is definitely still present. But that which matters to a person, to their very core, is on display. Their why, their motivator, their allegiance, whatever you want to call it. That thing which you, is usually like hushed up and domesticated when people enter and sit in our pews. And this is why I fell in love with FSI and our sports ministry program here at Truett. Because in sports ministry, you never have to wonder what your congregants are yearning for. In sports ministry, you see it on display every time they pass the ball to each other, every time they win or lose. And if I would partner with God's spirit to work in their lives, God would let me play a small role in allowing that yearning from, uh, to change from fame, acknowledgement, riches, and change to God's eternal kingdom and love. And how different would this world be if even the sports we played reflected how much we valued God's love for us? Well, see, FSI was that place that helped me recalibrate how I saw myself and others in sports, where I could encounter God in more ways than just when I performed well. To think that I can only experience God when I do something good like scoring a touchdown it's like thinking that I can only experience God on Sundays when the music is just right or when I'm coming back from an emotional high during summer youth camps. FSI helped me tear the veil so that God's presence wasn't just in the end zone. It was the very source from which I played. I still remember my first practice at, uh, with the Baylor football team that fall. I couldn't decide what to wear because it was 104 degrees that day and I only had two options. One was a black long sleeve shirt of Baylor football that belonged to the previous football culture. I didn't think that would be a wise choice. The other was my green short sleeved soccer intramural champion shirt and I decided to go with that one. (laughs) Well, when I walked up, Denny Rule, Coach Rule's dad, said, intramural champion? My, my, all these D1 athletes around here, and I didn't realize we were in the presence of such greatness. (laughs) I never lived that down. I was that guy who boasted an intramural champion shirt in the presence of a program that sends people to the NFL. So, So although the teasing was all in good fun, and it was never at my expense, That inside joke created a space for me to form relationships with players and coaches. See, during that time, I was praying through whether or not I wanted to propose to a woman who is now my wife. Denny offered me a piece of advice that I still remind myself of periodically. He said, when you get married, Josh, ask yourself this question periodically. How much fun am I to live with? So many marriages fall into ruts because they have forgotten how to have fun with each other. Well, I now have the pleasure of taking what I have learned with FSI and my time with Baylor football, things I had to do with sports and things that didn't, and I apply it to my football athletes at Temple High School. As one of two character coaches, I balance the separation of church and state, but I do not compromise my witness. I have found that the true uh, Christian witness is not hindered by the separation of church and state, but rather it's intensified, amplified. In a culture that can become transactional, self-centered, and utilitarian, a Christ-centered individual brings fresh air in a better way to young athletes. This year, our team had a successful season. After our loss in the second round of the playoffs to Rockwall Heath, one of my athletes, who I I call a little nephew, uh, because apparently I'm not old enough to look like his dad, but I'm old enough to look like his uncle, he came up to me and he said, coach, it's not fair. I work so hard and I give it my all. It's not fair to give it your all and still lose. See, in that moment, I saw behind the curtain. I saw a young man's desire for God to come and tear open the heavens. I saw a part of him that I would not have seen on a Wednesday night. I so saw a part of him I would not have seen on a Sunday morning. And my response, an embrace with the words, no, it's not fair. But I'm proud of the man you are becoming. I don't know if I said the right thing. I don't know if I said the wrong thing. But that brief, sacred moment of vulnerability helped me see what he carries, helps me see how God has wired him and what he longs for. By yielding to the Holy Spirit, I hope to play a small role in transforming that yearning for success to an allegiance to God's kingdom. If and when that happens, I do not want to be the guy that lines up across the line of scrimmage from an athlete who is both solid in his God-given identity and who, in response to that identity, has maximized his God-given athleticism. Regardless of what your degree concentration is here at Truett, I want to invite you to get involved with FSI. Make space for it. It equips you for all kinds of ministry, not just sports ministry. In the same way that good coaching develops good character beyond the field, FSI will help you do a better, uh, help you be a better, better minister regardless of your area of ministry. You don't have to like sports. You just have to love athletes. In this space, you will never wonder what your athletes yearn for. Every day at practice or during games, you will see what causes them to say, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Amen.